hello and welcome to Violin Class, which is the podcast for people learning the violin as an adult. My name is Julia and I am a violinist and violin teacher and I'm here to share my tips and experience to hopefully make learning the violin a little bit easier. Big thank you to all the new listeners to this show and specifically to everyone who's left a rating or review on Apple Podcast. Putting this out kind of feels like sending things into the void, so it's really cool to hear that there are actually people that are listening. In this episode, I will be going through all that you need to know about how to take care of your violin. This will include daily care, occasional maintenance, insurance, strings, and many other little topics like that. I have a lot to say about this, so I'll try to keep things really organized. Some of these points may also seem really obvious if you've been playing for a while, but you may still learn a few things and it's always great to be reminded. If though you're new to the instrument or just bought a new instrument, listen on to learn what you need to know about taking care of your violin. So let's get started with the daily stuff, the cleaning. You should give your instrument a quick clean each time you play it to prevent rosin from building up on the wood, the fingerboard, and the strings. Rosin will leave a dusty white powder that will build up into a sticky mess if not cleaned. This will damage the varnish, it will discolor your instrument, and shorten the lifespan of the strings. And as you may know, if you've bought strings before, they're quite pricey, so anything we can do to have them last longer is always good. You should also get a soft cloth to wipe down your violin anywhere that you see white dust after playing. You can buy a really fancy cloth at the luthier, but any soft fabric will do. I like a really fine microfiber, such as an ocular microfiber, which is the kind of cloth that you get to clean your eyeglasses. That will work absolutely great. Otherwise, like a flannel, but honestly, just an old clean sock or a handkerchief will do well. Just make sure it's really clean. If you don't clean your violin every single time you play, which um, let's be honest, sometimes we're in a rush, at least make sure that you clean it a few times a week minimum. You should wipe any white residue off that you see, including on your strings. And be warned, the friction of wiping down your strings makes a really gross noise that kind of sounds like a banshee or like nails on the chalkboard, but that's part of the gig. That's how you know that you're getting them really clean. Every now and then, you can actually give the rest of your violin a good wipe down also, especially on the fingerboard because there's some like oils and grease that will build up when you're playing. I usually do this when I am changing my strings. You don't need to use any commercial product, varnish, or cleaner. Just wipe gently with a cloth until everything is clean. You should, though, use a different cloth than your normal rosin one so that you don't spread any of that sticky dust across the violin. If there's any caking or grime that you can't remove just by wiping down with just the cloth, nothing else, no water, that's when you know that it's probably time to check it out at a luthier because they can clean it properly. They have the tools. I personally wouldn't mess with any of the commercial products. I don't use them on my own instrument. And if you have too much buildup, it's time to see a professional, at least in my opinion. Okay, so that is what you need to know about cleaning. Next up is strings. So violent strings need to be changed fairly regularly. And as I mentioned earlier, something that you should know ahead of time is that violin strings are pricey. They're a lot more expensive than guitar strings if you've ever played guitar before. You can tell when it's time to change them when they start to sound dull. And definitely if you see any sort of like unraveling or little bits that are sticking out or if they start to get discolored. 
A set of good strings usually starts at around $80 in my area in Canada, but they can go into the low hundreds. How often you change your strings will depend on how much time you spend playing. I can't give you a hard number really to how often you need to change your strings, but I'll try to give you some reference points to help you get started. My beginner students will generally change their strings about once a year. It really depends on how much they practice, but that's a good baseline. When I was in music school and practicing a lot, I would change them every three to four months. I would say that's pretty normal. And professional concert violinists uh, can change their strings much more frequently, even some of them, even every few weeks. It's kind of finding a balance between what you can afford and what you're comfortable spending and how much you practice. I will say, though, if you have an instrument that hasn't been played in many years, like if you just pulled it out of the attic, it is best to change the strings before starting to play it again. Changing strings in itself has a bit of a learning curve, and I found that it's easiest to learn with a teacher showing you. That said, I do plan on making a YouTube video showing how to do that, and I will link that in the show notes. There are already some great tutorials on YouTube, um, and you can also have them changed at the violin shop. If you're just buying your first set of strings and are a beginner, I would recommend having them changed by someone so that you be sure that you don't break one because as I said, they're pricey. You don't want to break a string. But if you have to break one, break the E string because those are the cheapest ones. The G string is really pricey. Okay, so next up, let's talk about the bow. So the horsehair on your bow needs to be loosened after every single time you play. That's super important. You should never put it back into your case with tightened bow hair unless you plan on playing again in like two minutes. For me, for instance, I'm taking my violin in and out of the case, like constantly all day between practicing and teaching, and I will loosen that bow hair every single time. If you keep your bow hair tight, the tension of those hairs will cause the bow stick to warp, which means it will pretty much permanently get twisted. This can be repairable in a mild case, but it can also cause irreparable damage to the wood. And plus, if you get it fixed, you have to pay for that too. And it doesn't really take that long for a bow to warp as well. And again, as you know, bows are expensive, so it is best to take those two seconds to loosen it when you're done playing. You should also avoid touching the horsehair as much as you can as the oils from your fingers will start to turn the hairs black and this will actually affect your sound. Your bow hair needs to be changed from time to time by a luthier as well. I get my mine changed about once a year on average, but if you're playing, let's say an hour a day or less, it should last a little bit longer than that. You'll know your bow is ready to be rehaired if your sound is dull, if there's a lot of black buildup on the hair, or if you've lost a lot of bow hairs, or if you find that you're like constantly having to put rosin on it and it doesn't really give you that like rosiny feeling. If you're playing with a cheaper bow that's under $100 though, it may not be worth it to get it rehaired as that repair goes for about $80 to $90, at least in my area. So now let's take a look at professional maintenance. When is it time to go in to see a luthier? Violins are fragile and they can be quite finicky, so there's some maintenance that's definitely best left to the professionals. If you're playing on an older instrument or have had an instrument for a while, it's good to just go in to the luthier every now and then to get a tune-up. Many luthiers will give a free consultation and they'll tell you the work that needs to be done and more importantly, whether or not it's urgent. 
You can think of it like getting your car tuned up. There might be some repairs that you need to get done now just to keep your car healthy, but there could be some that, for instance, you have to do in the next year or so, and the luthier will be the one to tell you that. I usually go in and get my violin checked for every year or two. I'm actually pretty overdue for one right now. Things have just opened up here in Canada um, with COVID, so I'm looking forward to going to meet with my luthier so they can help me get my violin in better playing condition. Some of the work that you can get done by luthier includes straightening out or replacing your bridge. I need mine to be straightened very desperately. Um, planing the fingerboard, which pretty much means flattening it out. So that's something that would happen on an, an instrument that's been played a lot. Just putting down the fingers constantly on a fingerboard will actually cause it to have little divots over time so they can fix that for you. Um, another one is adjusting the sound post. And this is really important if let's say you've knocked your violin sometime or like it's it's gone through a, like a mild trauma and you find that it's kind of sounding a little bit off. I have a student who has um, who is in this situation right now. So she accidentally knocked her violin and although it still sounds, and it, although nothing cracked, it still sounds good. Um, we think either the sound post shifted or just the bridge shifted because some of the strings sound a little bit dull. So that's something to know. Um, so some of those repairs, like planing the fingerboard, really don't have to be done often. I think I've had mine done over five years ago, but that's made out of really solid wood. There's other parts of your violin, like the bridge, that's made out of soft wood. And just from tuning it and the tension of the strings, that bridge can really easily warp and shift around. So that's something that your luthier should check on a lot more frequently. They might not need to replace it. They could just maybe move it a little bit, but sometimes you actually will have to replace the entire bridge. If you have a luthier handmade instrument, it is great to actually be able to bring it in for repairs from the luthier that actually created that instrument. It's not not always an option. For instance, my violin was made by a violin maker in Germany. Um, when he's in the area, he'll actually hit me up and ask if I want to come in. Um, I haven't actually been able to meet with him since I've acquired the instrument, but uh, that's something to note. The creator of the instrument will really have will really have put their sweat and tears into it and they'll be able to care for it in like a very personal way but that said any luthier will be able to take great care of your instrument anyways all that to say keep an eye on your instrument and get it checked if there's anything you're not sure about to summarize in general when should you see a luthier if you notice any changes in the tone of your instrument or see any visible changes, or have knocked it accidentally, you should definitely go to the shop. And if you have just acquired a violin that's maybe older, you're not sure of the origins, or you just picked up a violin that you used to play years ago but haven't played in a while, you should go to the shop. If you're unsure, you should call them and just ask them if it's worth coming in or not. That will save you time as well. Next is talking about uh, humidity. If you live anywhere with any sort of intense climate, you should keep a humidifier or a dehumidifier in the room where your instrument is kept. 
The optimal environment for a violin is 40 to 60% humidity. And the easiest way to know if that's what you're providing for it is by getting a humidity meter. So a lot of cases will actually come with one. They're not always super accurate. So it's a good idea to just So it could be a good idea to purchase one for whatever room in the house that you store your instrument. If you don't have a meter, a good rule of thumb is paying attention to your skin. So for instance, in Canada, it gets really cold. So we have the heating up really high, which makes the rooms really dry. And so my hands will get dry if I don't put cream on them. That tells me that the environment is probably also too dry for my violin. So I should put my humidifier on but I actually have a meter, so I don't have to guess, but that's a good rule of thumb for you if you don't have one. I love my humidifier. I actually got one at the thrift store for under $10. So if you're on a budget, I would recommend checking that out first, but otherwise you can definitely get one anywhere online. And I'm not kidding about this. Uh, Violins can actually crack if they get too dry and if they get too humid, they can go moldy too. I have seen both instances happen before. They also sell little gadgets that you can put in your violin or in your case to humidify it. Um, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I'll link some of those in the show notes as well. The next thing I wanted to mention is insurance. I did talk about this briefly in my last episode, but it is worth going, going over it again. If you just dropped a few grand on a handmade violin, you should definitely get insurance for it. Call your tenant or homeowner insurance provider and ask them to cover the instrument as valuable as if it were a piece of art or a piece of jewelry. If you play semi-professionally or your instrument is worth a lot, so let's say like $10,000 or around there, your tenant and homeowner insurance probably won't cover it. So, So what you should do in that case is get it appraised by a luthier if you're not sure how much it's worth, and then you can go to a company that will insure your violence separately. Those can cost a few hundred bucks a year, so just letting you know so you can plan accordingly. So that's insurance. This next tip sounds really obvious, but I have to repeat it all the time, so I'm going to say it now. Keep your instrument in its case and keep your case closed. I know it looks really cool, but don't put any of your valuable instruments on a wall or hang it on your music stand. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I have some instruments up on my wall, but those are not valuable instruments. I have a mandolin that's worth about $100 that I don't play very often. It's not worth much and I'm really not worried about it cracking or anything. So I keep that up on the wall, but I would never put one of my violins on the wall. You may see some violins out on display at the luthier, but those rooms are very carefully controlled for temperature and humidity. And plus, many of those instruments are actually rotated in and out regularly. They don't necessarily live on that wall. At home, the best practice is keep your instrument in its case, which will protect it from accidents, especially if you have pets or kids. It's also a contained environment where you can easily control the humidity level if needed. And then when you're done practicing, close your case. Closing your case helps avoid accidents like having a music stand fall on your violin or stepping into one. Um, And then also when you're putting your violin in your case, make sure you're actually closing the little attachment that goes around your neck. So that's usually like a little Velcro loop thing. Um, Yeah, just always put it away properly. If your instrument isn't super valuable, I think it is fine to keep it on your wall, but just be aware that it's not the best place for it. 
I just want to touch on weather because it is winter here in Canada. So don't keep your instrument outside or in a car. You should, of course, keep your violin out of the elements, including the sun. Uh, and apart from the occasional outdoor gig or to travel from one place to the other, I rarely ever bring my outside my violin outside. And actually, I think um, I think I can speak for most violinists to say that we hate playing outside. Um, if it's too hot, then our fingers get sweaty and it makes us sound bad. If it's too cold, our fingers get cold and it also makes us sound bad. So um, generally, we it's it's very much an indoor activity. If you live in a cold climate like me, going from a very cold outdoors into a very hot and dry indoors can cause your violin to crack. So you should also, um, so you should be careful about that. Uh, you should also be careful about not leaving your uh, violin in the back of your car in the trunk. Like let's say if you're stopping for groceries on the way back for your lesson in the winter or the summer, it is best to bring it inside with you if you live in a very extreme climate. As far as cases go, and this is kind of jumping off of that, um, there are ways you can add insulation to minimize this kind of thing. So depending on your type of case, you may need to add a few layers of insulation. I have a hard shell case that's light and great for travel, but it offers very little in terms of insulation against the changes in temperature. So I keep my violin in a silk bag, which gives it a thin layer of insulation against cold and the dry heating of uh, my heater indoors. Plus, my cats like to sit in my case, so this keeps my violin free of cat hair and dust and just random stuff that would accumulate in the case. You can get a really nice hand-sewn silk cover on Etsy, but a budget option that I like to suggest to my students is to actually just make one yourself out of a silk scarf that you can usually get for really cheap at a thrift store. It's a sewing project that even I can manage, and you can usually find these scarves for under $10. Just make sure you wash them well first. The other thing you can do to help insulate your case is to get a soft shell case that goes on the outside of your normal violin case. This is not something you need if you live in a mild climate, but it is something that I absolutely use every time I bring my violin case outside in the wintertime. And... Um, Last thing in terms of weather, don't keep your violin in a too cold or too hot area. So don't keep it too close to a heat source like a radiator or in direct sunlight coming in through a window. All right, so if you follow all of these tips, your instrument should be in really great shape. But even if we're careful, accidents can happen. And if knock on wood, you do lose your instrument, whoever finds it needs to be able to contact you. Keep a note card in your case with your name and your contact information just in case. Also, if you have a luthier-made instrument, make sure you have detailed photos in case of theft. You should have a picture of the full instrument back and front and some close-ups of any unique characteristics and of the luthier label on the inside. This is the easiest way of identifying the instrument if it unfortunately ever gets stolen. This does happen sometimes and it really sucks, but if that does happen, uh, I think one of your best chances of getting it back is to have some photos of it and insurance in case you don't. Anyway, so that's it. That's everything you need to know about taking care of your instrument. So let's summarize because that was quite a list. First of all, make sure you are cleaning it on the daily. You should be changing your strings and your bow hair regularly and always 
be loosening up your bow hair when you're done playing. Sometimes you need to go into the luthier every year or two to make sure that everything is working smoothly. You should get a humidifier or a dehumidifier if you live with anywhere that has an extreme climate. Get your instrument insured, keep your instrument inside the case and your case closed, and just be mindful of the weather when you're bringing your instrument inside and outside. I think that was everything. So uh, yeah, thank you for listening. If you found this helpful, I would really appreciate if you would take a second to leave a rating and review and subscribe on Apple Podcast. This will help me know if the information I'm sharing is valuable and it will also give a boost in the algorithm and help this podcast come up earlier in search results. Uh, If you have any ideas or suggestions for a future episode, I would love to hear from you. You can write to me, Julia, at violinclasspod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Julia Reddy, R-E-D-D-Y music. That's Julia Reddy music. And I also have a new Instagram account for this podcast specifically. If you want updates, it's at violinclasspod. And that's it. I'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. Thanks for listening.